0: Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to talk with you about healing your attachment style. I am a certified attachment coach, and I help folks on their journey to secure. So welcome. Welcome wherever you are in your journey, whether that is on the way to secure or in the middle of the right smack in the middle of the attachment spectrum, dismissive avoidant, anxious preoccupied, fearful avoidant, secure, we're here. We're all in it together. As always before every episode, I have my own check-in. And this week, whoa, I am doing some deep, 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 Sitting with my emotions. I pulled the three of swords tarot card a couple weeks ago, and it's just been the lesson for me right now, which truly is to tend to my wounds instead of making quick decisions and acting on them or future projecting and being like, oh, if this is happening now, then what's going to happen in the future? And I got to take care of it and let's fix it. It's just wild really cultivating the practice of sitting with my emotions cuz let me tell you they can be so uncomfortable. They really are, and I do so much work to sit with them and befriend them. And even, I mean, even I still have more work to do on this. So yeah, it's been really interesting, especially because in our brains we can just get lost with trains of thought and like old patterns and so it's really hard to like slow down in the moment and get curious about what I'm feeling. So my mindfulness practice is definitely helping with this just to help me to sit with what is and not making any meaning from it. And yeah, it's wild. So I share that with you because that is what is going on for me this week. (laughs) And um, actually today I'm really excited about the topic because I'm going to talk about the TV show, The Ultimatum, Queer Love. You might've seen it. It's been like top 10 on Netflix for the last couple of weeks. And in the episode um, 118 recently with Chelsea Reif, where she shared how she healed her anxious attachment style. She talked about how she watched the show and attachment came up and there was a anxious avoidant couple in the show, which is a really interesting combination and a very popular combination that many of us are dealing with or have been in before. And so she suggested that I watch the show and do an episode about it. So here I am doing that. I'm really excited because let me tell you, I love TV. I actually got my master's writing about television and how to tell a story through different mediums, including television. And it's for me, it's a source of comfort, it's a source of relaxation, it's novelty, it's entertainment, it's discovery, it's fun. Like it is. Definitely a hobby of mine. And so getting to watch TV and then talk about it on this podcast is like marrying my two loves, TV and attachment style. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about this. And I just want to sh- say, the show is so beautiful. Like, I am, I identify as a bi woman, and it was just really cool to see lesbians and transgender women on television. Sharing their relationships. It was really powerful for me to see that. So it's fun, it's saucy, it is dramatic. And I just want to honor the fact that yes, it is definitely a reality TV show. How much is scripted? How much is made up? We don't know. But I'm just like using the examples that were part of the show to talk about attachment. I'm not trying to take this too seriously. But it is an interesting like, example to look at and be like, huh, that, that's really cool to see how that attachment style is playing out. So it can be like a really great learning tool to see like, oh, that's what dismissive avoidant looks like. Oh, I get it. Okay, that's what anxious preoccupied looks like. So that's really what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to have some fun with this. Let me know if you enjoy it and I can do more. Um, there's another show on HBO called Swiping America that is a fascinating... So yeah, let me know what you think. Happy to break down any other like famous or television romance relationships that you see so I can talk more about how the attachment style is playing out. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just going to give an overview of each of the characters in the show. And I'm gonna share what I think their attachment style is using examples from the show. There will be spoilers. So if you're in the middle of the show and you don't wanna hear how it ends, do not like stop listening right now. Finish the show and then come back. Don't forget to come back. It'd be, it's really fun. <laughs> but um, there will be spoilers. So heads up. Okay, so I'm going to start with Aussie because I feel like Aussie had the most obvious attachment style. And not only that, her partner actually talked a lot about their attachment style. So Aussie is definitely attachment. Or sorry, her their attachment is avoidant, dismissive avoidant. And this really plays out when there was conflict. Anytime there was conflict, the camera would pan to Aussie and their face would just be so uncomfortable, like visibly uncomfortable, so much more than anyone else in the room and sometimes even more so than the people that were in the conflict. You could just tell she wanted to run. She didn't want to be there. It was super awkward. It was almost unbearable for them to be around conflict. And Sam, her beautiful partner, who I believe is actually secure and most likely earned secure because I feel like she's done a lot of work to get to where she is, was able to just see it and work with their attachment, which is so fucking rad. That's like all we can hope for in life is that we find a partner that is like willing to work with what we're bringing to the conversation or to the relationship. So, I'm going to keep going with Aussie. Aussie has some really beautiful moments during the show where they're they have a really I would say intense healing journey in the show. One of the biggest. And Aussie has an, a really huge breakdown in the middle of the show. They are dealing with the most intense like you can when during the scene, they're in a bar and they're back. So the premise of the show is that someone in their relationship has given an ultimatum. And the they are on the show and what happens for the first week of the show is that they break up with their current partners. They choose a new wife, quote unquote, and then they live together for 3 weeks, which I love cuz 3 weeks is exactly as how long it takes to create a new neural pathway. So like good choo- like good timeline choosing, right? Cuz you actually know how we feel. It's like almost a complete cycle. And then in the middle of the show, after three weeks, they end the relationship with their show wife. And then they go back to their original partner and they live with them for three weeks. And then at the end of the show, they decide, are they going to stay with their current partner and propose? Or are they going to break it off and leave single? Or are they going to get together with their show wife? So obviously drama ensues. But Aussie, after the three weeks with the show wife comes back into her relationship with Sam, her real life partner. I'm pretty sure they go by they and I'm messing up their pronouns and I do apologize. But Sam is not... Sam is in this kind of like new place of being able to share her needs and share what's coming up for her with Aussie that is in a new way that is almost activating Aussie even more. So Aussie was super activated in the show during the first three weeks with her show wife. And they eventually left the relationship early. And it's this big scene. It's this big moment where they're they're in the show. They're like, yes, this person is avoidant. Sam shares with her show wife, Mildred, like, yeah, Aussie does this. This is their pattern. They need to go meditate. They need to go regulate before they can have any sort of dialogue after there's some intense conflict. And then Mildred hears this and is like, I can't deal with this. But Sam is able to just kind of be there for it and understand what she needs in the situation and how to ask for what she needs. But there's this middle point where Aussie is still kind of struggling with a lot of these core wounds that are built up in their life. And they just have a breakdown in the middle of the show and they leave the bar They're outside sitting on the sidewalk and they are literally crying and screaming, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And when that happened, I could just see little baby Aussie, like the inner child of Aussie just in that moment, in that pain, still living that story every single day of their upbringing. So I just want to call this out that it was such a beautiful, raw exquisite moment of what the avoidant attachment style is dealing with and how they feel. So a lot of times the avoidant attachment style, their biggest fear is being unsafe. And you could just see that throughout the show in any moment, anytime there was conflict, Aussie was, I'm out. Like this is just, I'm unsafe. This is too much to handle. So that is Aussie's attachment style. If you think you run avoidant or if you're curious, if you're in a relationship with an avoidant person, I highly recommend watching this show because it's really interesting to see the inner workings. So like a lot of people can't really understand the difference between fearful avoidant and avoidant sometimes. So if you watch this show, like this is classic avoidant behavior. And another, sorry, one more thing before I move on from Aussie, a classic avoidant behavior is love bombing. Aussie, when they're getting together with Mildred in the very beginning, they're choosing their show wife. Aussie, you can tell Aussie's getting excited about this relationship. And I think there's a little bit of love bombing happening. Like you can tell that she's going above and beyond, like getting a little bit too close, too fast. And I think that Aussie is just getting swept up in the excitement of the relationship and is resorting to a little bit of love bombing, which Mildred is reacting to and thinking that that is going to be how Aussie is going to show up for the rest of the relationship. Obviously, that is not how what happens. <laughs> but you can see like some subtle hints of love bombing in the very beginning of their relationship, which is another thing, a fun thing to see. Not fun, but another thing to watch for if you're like interested in learning about what these terms are, you can watch it play out in the show. So now I'm going to move on to Sam, who is Aussie's partner. She is, I would say, insecure. Holy wow. If we all could have a Sam in our life, like she was just so amazing. The really standout reasons that I say that she is secure is that when she was in a relationship with Tiff, Tiff was her show wife. Tiff and her, Tiff and Sam, like kind of got into these initial arguments very quickly after they moved in with each other. And I think what was happening was Tiff was actually relating to Sam through conflict because that's the best way they knew how to get connection from their partner. And you can see that later in the show when Tiff goes back to their real wife, Mildred. They have their I mean they just have a really tumultuous relationship and it's just so clear that their baseline is very chaotic and connection oftentimes for fearful avoidance and and other attachment types too, what happens when we're in conflict is we're finally connecting with the person. And sometimes the connection through conflict can be the only way we know how to get connection. So when you when you see that coming up, it's like, ooh, can you honor the fact that you're trying to get connection and maybe figure out a healthier way to get that need for connection met that isn't like provoking a fight. So Sam, when Tiffany is showing up, like really coming out strong, like, abrasive, really um, calling her out on like not being wanting to sleep with her dog in the bed with their dog in the bed. Sorry, Tiff is also goes by they, them. Sam is able to just say like, well, let, let's bring it down a notch. Like it sounds like you've got a need. It sounds to me like I'm not meeting it. And I just like I'm here to tell you like I'm here for you. I support you. And this is my boundary. Like I, I'm not really interested in sleeping with a dog in the bed. So, just through like doing that, like Sam was able to connect deeply with Tiff and kind of give Tiff this really strong, secure base to show up and have fun for the week and just like explore what it means to have a friendship. Like it was really cool. And then Sam goes back to her real life, which her real wife, which is Aussie. And Sam just continues to advocate for her needs she's not willing to compromise on things that she needs, but she's able to say those things in a supportive and gentle way that aren't provoking to Aussie. Sometimes it is triggering to Aussie, but Sam is really trying to deliver it in the least triggering way. You can tell that she's really putting work into it. And Sam just like holds it down. And then another moment where I think Sam shows up super secure is at the end of the show, there's a reunion and Mildred and Tiff are. really get into it during the reunion. And it comes out that there was some like, they had a breakup and there was some intense ending to it. Like Mildred threw a picture frame at them and was really kind of destructive in their relationship. Definitely abusive behavior. And she came out swinging at TIFF during the reunion And Tiff immediately left the room and left the show. And I don't blame them for doing that. And Sam didn't like Sam after Mildred was done speaking, didn't say, How dare you say that? I can't believe you said that. Or like that was so rude. No. Instead, what she said was, Wow, I feel like what was just shared was really biased and doesn't didn't include any ownership over the situation. And what she was trying to say there was like, it takes two people to make a relationship, it takes two people to make mistakes. And it's not, it's never just one person that's like attacking you. You have to really own your own shit. You know, when you're really swinging at someone else, you got to be like, and uh, yeah, I did throw a picture frame at you. Like I need to own that, which Mildred was not doing. But the way that Sam said it was just so beautiful. And it didn't seem triggering to me. It just felt like, wow, what you just shared, like didn't really include any ownership of your own behavior in that situation. And then Sam immediately like went to go out to meet Tiff and check on them and see how they were doing. And there was just some beautiful moments from Sam where I really felt like they were exhibiting earned secure behavior. And you can tell they've done a lot of work. So that was really cool to see just like over and over again and the level of support and understanding that she could bring to any relationship she was in. Super fun. Okay, Yoli and Mal, next couple. So... Yoli and Mal were a really interesting example. So, they, I think, were both secure for the most part. And I think Yoli leaned a little bit anxious. And I think Mal leaned a little bit avoidant. And this couple in particular was like really dealing with the potential of like, are they ending or are they moving forward? Because Yoli fell in love with someone else during the show. So, Like, I I really felt like Mal was exhibiting some beautiful, secure behavior. Her partner was literally telling her that she fell in love with someone else. (laughs) But it comes out in the reunion that Yoli wasn't actually being as as upfront as we thought she was. And as honest about what was going on with her relationship with Xander. I know I'm saying a lot of names, so I do apologize. I really hope that you've seen the show. Otherwise, this just like isn't going to make any sense. So Yoli and Xander have a relationship. They like really fell deeply in love during their show wife experiment. And it was actually kind of sweet and cute. And I loved it. It was really fun to watch. Um, Just because they were so smitten with each other. It was really fun. And I feel like Yoli kind of opened up this part of Xander that maybe she wasn't like in touch with and they were really on board for like what they wanted in life. So it was really just fun to watch. So Mal kind of shows up like, how can I be there for you? Like, this is a new thing. Like, we can work through this. Like, I'm open to supporting. And then Yoli like, kind of calls her out on some things of like her level of cleanliness and like her, it sounds kind of like acts of service, like her helping around the house and making meals and things like that. And at first, Mal is like, yeah, I'm going to step up. I'm going to do this. And then it turns out at the reunion, they share that they didn't. Really, you know, nothing changed. And so during the end, like the last couple of episodes, we start to see Mal's avoidant behavior like really take over. And we kind of saw it when she left her show wife, Lexi. Like at the end of the first three weeks, Mal was just like, Yeah, it's ending. So it's kind of like my whole thing is when things are ending, I retreat. And that's a bit of an avoidant behavior, right? Like you're, Scared of losing the relationship. And so instead of an anxious person would just like try to connect, 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 connect. An avoidant person is like, oh, this relationship is ending. So I'm going to disappear. So you kind of saw that at the end of the experiment with her show wife. And then as the show is coming to an end and you can tell that like Mal is feeling a lot of pressure to propose to Yoli, you can just kind of see her avoidant tendencies coming up. So her and Yoli have this like big blowout fight. And Mal is just like, I can't take this anymore. This is, I'm done. Like, really trying to throw up the defenses of this is like too much for me to handle. So I'm just going to walk away. And then Yoli on the opposite side of that is, I think, just slightly anxious. She was quick to fall in love. Mal kind of calls her out on that the whole time. She was quick to just like have connection and really prioritize that connection. I just want to say the whole premise of the show is so fascinating and very triggering to your attachment type in general. The idea of I'm going to go on a show and pretend to break up with my real life partner for three weeks while I establish a new relationship with someone else. And then I'm going to go back to my previous partner. like That is a whirlwind trip for your attachment style. So kudos to all the women and, and people, the humans that participated in this experiment. It was just so fascinating to watch. And like, I mean, how could you not get triggered by all of this? It was, yeah, it's a lot. So I feel like, especially for anxious people on the show, to have your previous partner just kind of disappear is, is a big deal. And then to fall in love with a new person is another big deal because you're creating another attachment to them. So there's just kind of some moments throughout the show where I think it it shows up that Yoli is like leaning a little bit more anxious. But I do think she has that secure base to fall on of like being able to be vulnerable, understanding, like understanding where she needs to be there, like for herself. OK, then we're going to talk about Tiff and Mildred. And so this might be slightly triggering, but I would definitely say that they lean More fearful avoidant. I'm going to guess both of them are fearful avoidant. Mildred had some larger issues happening. Lots of gaslighting, abuse, just really putting her partner down. A lot of fear. I just constantly felt like Mildred was paranoid of their partner, not trusting of them, never thinking like the best of them. And she seemed just to me at the end with the like the engagement, the proposal scene with the, um her and Tiff. It just seemed to me like her priority was to be engaged. It didn't matter who, it didn't matter when or not. It did matter when it needed to be then. But like she just wanted a ring on her finger to feel like who knows what it was why. But I just got the feeling that that was her priority of like I need to be in a relationship with someone. So. I'm going to say fearful avoidant. I think there's definitely some other issues happening here that I am not qualified to make a diagnosis on whatsoever. But yeah, and then for Tiff, I would say fearful avoidant, leaning slightly avoidant. I got the feeling that when Mildred and Tiff were in conflict, Tiff was the one that was like, I need to go process by myself. This is too much. Like, I'm going to take a break. So those were just kind of the bigger flags that I saw. They ultimately broke up. My hope for them is that they are processing on their own and still broken up. Like I think the best character in the show was Tiff's friend that came on and was like, she just like laid it the fuck down. I want her to be on a TV show just saying that out loud right now. <laughs> um, but she was like, yeah, this couple needs to break up because they're breaking up already every single week and they're just not healthy for each other. So I just, I echo that statement and I I really hope that they are getting the help that they need to work through the issues that were coming up on the show. Next couple is Ray and Lexi. They were the youngest couple. It was really an interesting journey that they went on. I would definitely say that Ray is slightly more avoidant. She had some secure tendencies, but she really didn't know herself very well and her tendency definitely was like to freeze up, to go inside. You kind of just saw her really processing everything internally. Like again, that um, a lot of avoidance believe that like you need to go be alone and go process stuff on your own and then come back after everyone's processed. And then you just move forward and move on. Like you don't help each other process. That's not the, you, you know, that's not anyone's job. And so I really saw that with with Ray, where she just kind of shut down a lot, especially when she was triggered. Such an interesting journey that she was on. And then Lexi, I would say, was secure, leaning, fearful, avoidant. And the reason I say that is because when Ray had a sexual encounter with her show wife, Vanessa, which felt like forced and not like really that big of a deal anyway, just felt like, oh, we're here. It's happening. Like, let's have some fun. I felt like Lexi really felt betrayed and like not open to figuring out how to work through it. Just she sunk into the being the victim of being betrayed and it like it's consumed her. Like you could tell that it was she was holding on to it in this really, really big way it was clear that there wasn't like some sort of agreement beforehand going into it of like what they were willing to do with other, you know, their show wife. And so I think that ambiguity led to, unfortunately, this big betrayal for, for Lexi, this wound that it just felt like she could not work through. They did end up getting engaged and then they broke up after the reunion. And I'm not surprised to be quite honest because I feel like, Lexi was putting so much pressure on Ray to get married. I'll I'll talk about the whole ultimatum concept at the end. And it sel- it just felt to me like Ray really didn't know herself and was kind of like I don't I don't know myself, but this is an option, so I'm going to go with the option that I know rather than the option that I'm not even aware of or that I don't know of yet. <sighs> Which is really tough, really really tough. If I have any wish for anyone, it's to get to know yourself, answer the thirty six questions on your own. Do journal prompts, like get to know yourself, figure out what your relationship is to things like money and your house. And if you want kids and what your philosophies and ideals are, what's important to you, what's not important to you. This like just getting to know yourself work will help you in the long run so that you don't find yourself in situations like this where you're just like, I don't know what I want. So I'll just go with the option that's right in front of me rather than figuring out what it is that I actually do want. And then the last couple is Xander and Vanessa. Whoo! What a journey they went on. I would actually say that Xander le- leaned a little bit more secure. I, I wouldn't say which way she leaned. Like I didn't really necessarily see any anxious tendencies, maybe some avoidant tendencies, but like very, very, very little. She was open to Yoli. She was open to the, her show wife and having uh, a new relationship. She definitely didn't seem to have the healthiest relationship with Vanessa, her real wife. And it didn't seem like... I mean, they don't show it, but the aftermath, right? But it it seemed to me like she totally understood that she needed to be on her own and work some things out of who she is. And so ultimately, she actually said no to both Vanessa, her real wife that she came with, and then Yoli, her show wife, who ended up falling in love with her because she knew she just needed to be on her own and figure some shit out. So. That to me is a super secure thing, being able to take time and space, but don't take too much time and space because then, then you're leaning more in towards um, avoidant territory. And it's important to um, be open and figure out how to cultivate and foster a interdependent relationship with others. Okay. The last one is Vanessa. I definitely would say she ran a little bit anxious. Her dad was so sweet on the show. I just hit anytime he came on the show. I was like, listen to this guy. He's amazing. And Vanessa, what are you doing? (laughs) But she had just the biggest healing journey. The way she showed up in the reunion, I thought was so beautiful. She seemed so humbled by the show. It was so I mean, there was a lot of accusations thrown out there of like why she was on the show and what her reasons were for and whether she just wanted to like start her acting career. And she really was the villain of the show in the beginning, which was, you know, I'm sure it was warranted, but, you know, hard for her to watch, I'm sure. So her attachment style really gets activated once she realizes that Xander is in a a loving relationship with Yoli. She starts to share her needs in a beautiful way by the end of the show. I, she, there were some beautiful moments where she just Pulled Dander aside and said, like, this is what's coming up for me. Are you would you be willing to try this? Would you be willing to do this? Can you do this for me? It was really beautiful to watch. It, I mean, I think she, she and Aussie both had just like the biggest healing transformation arcs of the show. And healing is never easy. <laughs> so I really give it to them. Like they were going through it. I apologize for the crying baby in the background. I'm just gonna keep moving forward in the interest of time. So I just want to finish up by saying that what an interesting show. I am not surprised that only one out of the five relationships actually is still together. I feel like anytime there's an ultimatum, that brings up a lot of pressure. And you really need to look at why is there an ultimatum? Is there an ultimatum because what you want is just so radically different than what your partner wants that it's not a fit and you both need to move on? Or is there an ultimatum because your partner is just really bad at timelines and you need to push them along. Like that's rarely the second one is like really very, very, very rarely what the answer is. And so um, I think anytime someone is putting pressure on a relationship, rather than putting pressure on it, you just got to take a look at like preferences. Like, does this person actually want to have kids? Does this person actually want to be married? Maybe they don't want to be married and that is okay. Like, what do they want what they can what can they give you that's going to meet your need for marriage that isn't marriage? Maybe that's you know a promise that you're still going to be together for the rest of your life, moving in together into the same house, having kids together like there's a lot of other things outside of marriage that you can give to someone else that might meet their need for marriage in a different way that isn't necessarily signing papers at a courthouse. I remember I felt my I felt so trapped after I signed my marriage papers at City Hall. And that now I know was just my dismissive avoidant attachment style, like creeping up and being like, ah, like what are we doing? I don't know. This is wild. This feels like forever. <laughs> um, but at the time I was just like, I oh, like questioning everything. So, but here I am three years later, very happily married and um very much on the road to secure. So I just say that. <laughs> sometimes marriage isn't for everybody. And that doesn't necessarily, it has to be a deal breaker, like get curious on what you can give to the other person that will satisfy their need that they think is marriage. I really think that this show was such an interesting experiment. I said this already, but what a way to really activate your attachment style by going through a breakup Create a new attachment style with someone else, and then go back to the uh, previous attachment style with some healing. I thought it was some an interesting way for people to start to stand up for what they need. So you saw that with Yoli. Yoli started sharing her needs with Mal and saying what she needed in the relationship. You saw that with Vanessa and Xander. She Vanessa started saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm feeling like really anxious about this," and uncomfortable with the fact that you're still texting Yoli like I'd love for you to give me a chance these next couple of weeks same with Sam Sam came forward and was like yo like Aussie I really like you and I need this from our relationship can you give this to me so I thought that was like a cool thing to see of after the show wife relationships were done like how they all went back to their original partnerships and started to show up in different ways. I thought that was actually really interesting and cool. But also just what a whirlwind. <laughs> okay, the last thing I'm going to leave with you with is if you are looking for an idea for a hot date, consider taking a date on an air balloon ride. Because when Vanessa and Xana were in that air balloon, I was like, they're going to get married right now. It's it's the environment. Like, There's no way they're going to come down from this and not be in love because it was so beautiful so if you're in love or want to be in love get yourself to a hot air balloon ride (laughs) all right that's all i have for you about this show i hope you enjoyed let me know if you liked this and if you want me to evaluate other hollywood relationships fictional or real i'm happy to delve into it and kind of explain the mechanics behind them this was so fun i hope you enjoyed If you are interested in healing your attachment style, I would love to work with you. I help folks show up more authentically and vulnerably in their relationships and people-pleasing patterns. It's huge work. It leads to just like rock-solid relationships with yourself and with the people that you're around. I love doing this work. If you're interested in seeing if my one-on-one coaching program is the right fit for you, book a discovery call at sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And I would love to see you. If you want some scripts yourself to start showing up with your partner, truthfully and honestly, like many of these beautiful women and humans in um, the Ultimatum Queer Love Show, you can download my scripts. Um, I've got a free script template for asking for your needs to be met in difficult conversations. These are based on the five love languages and they just are there to help you find the words when it's so hard to actually figure out what the right thing is to say. So if you're interested in downloading that, you can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash free tools. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash free tools. I hope they help. That's my intention. All right. I will be back here with you next week. Thank you so much.